Hey friends and welcome to the happy hour. My name is Jamie Ivy and I'm your host every single week and I'm so glad that you're here. If this is your first show to listen to, I want to say welcome. I really think that you're going to like it. I have some amazing women that join me every single week and we talk about the little things in life, the big things in life and everything in between. This week is episode number 45 and it's with my new friend Shannon Martin. I had never met Shannon before she came on the show, and but you would have thought we were long-lost friends. We had a great time. Her and her husband, Corey, have adopted four children, one at the age of 16, and so we talk a lot about his story in here. Her and her husband both used to work big-time government jobs. Now she stays at home, and she's an author, and her husband's a jail chapman. So we have a lot of fun talking about stuff. We talk a lot about what it means to find peace in the midst of the chaos. And if you're like me, sometimes life just feels chaotic but yet we can still find that peace. And so you're going to love our conversation today. I want to say thank you to this week's sponsor of the podcast, Fund the Nations. Fund the Nations helps people fundraise for their adoption, mission trip, or cause by creating custom, low-cost t-shirts for them to sell. Their custom design work is always free, and they set it up where you pre-sell the shirts. So whether you sell 25 shirts or 2,500 shirts, you're guaranteed to make money off of it because every shirt you purchase has already been paid for. They've worked with organizations like Compassion International and Lifeline Children's Services and thousands of families just like yours. They help people raise over $1 million a year in fundraising, and they'd love to help you fund your calling. I told you guys before that I've used them, and they're fabulous. My brother is now using them to design a shirt that he's going to sell, and he's had so much fun working with their creative team to make different designs, and he gets to pick and have a voice in that. So if you're looking for a place to raise money and you want to sell shirts, which I personally think is a lot of fun because everyone loves a new t-shirt, check out Fund the Nations. You can find more information about them over on my website, jamieivy.com. Lauren Thomas over on Twitter, she asked me the question, which podcast is the one you mentioned that you talked through your whole adoption process? Lauren, I think that's episode number eight where Julie Hayes interviewed me. So go check out episode number eight if you're looking for that. Guys, send me a tweet. I love it. Jamie underscore Ivy. Find me on Instagram at Jamie Ivy. And I'd love it if you haven't, if you'd go subscribe to the show over on iTunes. That way it comes to you every single week. You don't have to do anything. And while you're there, leave a rating or review. And what that does is it helps other people find the show. And lots of people are finding the show because I have amazing guests. And so let people know that you love it. All right, guys. Hope you enjoy your day. Here is my friend Shannon Martin. So how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing well. I took my kids to BBS. Which, um, when they were little, I was like a, uh, like I found every VBS in like a 30 mile radius of Austin and signed all the kids up. (laughs) And then it kind of backfired on me. And like one summer, Caden got saved like at three different VBSs. (laughs) They would call me, the leaders would call and be like, we have some good news. And I'd be like, and they would tell me, and then I would ask Caden about it. And he'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I know, clearly you don't, because you didn't really get saved. You just raised your hand. And, you know, and so I was like, I don't think this is a good idea anymore. So now we have one in town that we go to and it's great. Yeah. And I can't believe it because I have an almost fifth grader. No, I mean, I have a, he finished fifth grade Okay, and he still went. Good. I know. I mean, I signed them all up and told them they had to go because I scheduled a ton of interviews during that time. Right. But I was fully prepared for him to be revolt against it, against it, but he didn't. Awesome. I know. So I, my oldest little kid is going into fifth grade. So okay. I, I always like hearing stories. What is, what's the name of your son? Who's the oldest? Caden. Okay. That's Caden. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I always enjoy hearing, you know, you like to hear the perspective of those who have gone before you, even if just by a year, one it year, totally baby, helps. I know. Yes. it totally helps. I know. He, I can't, I'm going to have a middle schooler, which is beyond comprehension for me. Right. Um, so yeah, we're super excited about it. I think I'm only going to like middle school. We shall yeah, see. Yeah, I, I know. I think you will too. I yeah. feel good about it for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I like that. Um, I think that we're really going to like high school kids. Aaron and I always say that. I mean, I know it's harder and they think they know everything. Yeah. But I think I'm going to enjoy hanging out with them. I know. I feel that way too. Mm-hmm. I've always been, I, like, I'm not a baby person. No, me neither. 
So I like, it's, it's totally, I understand when, when my kids were babies and people would say, you know, cause that was hard for me. That was a hard, harder time. And people, you know, people that would say like, oh, you think this is hard. Right. You just wait, it's only going to get harder. Right. Well, I get that now in some ways, like it's just different. It's yeah. harder in different ways, but I like this better yeah. already. And how old are your kids? Tell me all the ages. Okay. So we have, um, Calvin is nine. He's going into fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Ruby is almost nine and she's going into third grade. Silas is almost seven going into first grade. Okay. This is a lot of work yeah, to, to is, think about this. Sounds like my family. Mm -hmm. And then we, our oldest came to us most recently. So he is 21. Uh -huh. His name is Robert. So he's out of our house now um, and living on his own. So that's like a whole other thing. And then we had, we had a foster daughter okay. for the past six months. She will be three this month and she just moved back home on Saturday. Oh, good for her. I know. I know. So that's, that's like a, you know, we still are totally in the mode of like, and we have a two-year-old, uh -huh. but you know, we kind of don't exactly right. right now, but yeah, that's just a new change for us. Oh my gosh. I feel like Shannon. So first of all, we're, we're already recording if that's great with you. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, First of all, we've never met. Right. And I feel like just from what we've been emailing back and forth and reading your blog and even your first few sentences that we've talked about just now, I feel like we could have record like seven shows I of know. an hour <laughs> with your life. <laughs> I totally, well, and I totally feel that way too. Like I was, you know, I, we will not have trouble filling this hour. Let's just, no. let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I have a million questions right now just off of what you've just said this morning. So this is going to be fun. But yeah. since we're just getting started and you and I have never met besides what we've seen online of each other I, and emailed and Twitter and all that kind of Instagram, all that kind of stuff. stuff yeah. Tell the listeners just a little bit about, about you. Like what, if you're, if someone's like, Hey, tell me 30 seconds of who you are. What would you say to that? Wow. Well, I know that's I, so hard. I know it's hard, but, but it's important. I'm big on like making introductions and that kind of thing. It's important. So I, my name is Shannon Martin and I live in Northern Indiana, up close to Michigan, like Notre Dame area. Are you from Indiana? I'm from Ohio. Okay. Southernish okay. Ohio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do I sound different? You than sound like you have like a Northern accent. People tell me that a lot. I Do I sound like right. I have a Texan accent? Yeah, okay. I hear some. I hear some draw on you. I don't know. <laughs> like people tell me sometimes that I sound like I'm from Minnesota. Well, I don't know I what to actually, make of that. I actually, I have another girlfriend, Tara, who's been on the show, who's from Minnesota, and y'all do say some of the same sounds. That's so weird. I've yeah. never even been to Minnesota. It's cold. I know that. So yeah, and it's cold here. Maybe it's you know, maybe it's, maybe it's the cold <laughs> the accent. Cold I don't know. It to you. Okay, so yeah. continue. Sorry, I interrupted you. Okay, no, that's fine. I um, I've been married for 16 years almost, and Corey and I met in college. We both went to a small Christian college here in Indiana, so that's how I ended up in Indiana. Um, we've got you know, I just explained all of our kids. We've got kind of a a conglomeration of people in our family, like really, it keeps shifting and bending, and we really like that. Um, but very unexpected, you know. God has built our family in really unexpected ways, a little bit outside the norm, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little yeah. bit later. Mm -hmm. um, so I have been blogging for like a million years at Flower Patch Farm Girl. <laughs> Flower Patch um, Farm Girl. Flower Patch Farm Girl is the name of my blog. Yes, and it's so funny because I. I started blogging soon after Calvin came home. So our kids are all adopted. Mm -hmm. I guess I should like be clear about that. So soon after our first came home, I started like a little Zanga blog. Did you ever do oh, Zanga? Yes, of okay. course. And I, so we were youth sponsors at our church and the youth pastor, you know, a couple of the kids and the youth pastor had these Zanga sites. Uh -huh. And he was trying to get me and Corey to get a Zanga. And I remember saying to him out loud, why that is the most self-involved right. <laughs> like who does that who Why? just writes about their life and then right. expects people to read it <laughs> yes and I said that to him out loud and also so but I ended up doing it at some point and then we would like the people that read my Zanga were people that I saw like every day right <laughs> so then it was even a more funny like this is really before social media yeah. was a big oh, thing it was forever ago it was like eight this would have been like 
I mean, 10, nine or 10 years ago, sure. yeah. which doesn't sound that long ago, but in the scope of this, yeah. it's forever. Uh-huh. So I started my little Zanga blog and then we moved into a farmhouse out in the country. And that's when I started like, maybe I'll, you know, I enjoyed the Zanga thing. I would post like twice a month. I mean, I hardly yeah. ever did. And it would be like two paragraphs, like this is what we did today, you know, <laughs> right. that typical thing. So I started to think that I might want a more, you know, a more normal actual blog. And I was sitting up one night, it was like right at the new year. And I remember I was sitting awake at like one in the morning, because I'm a total night owl, and trying to like type in different names. And so a lot of the names that I was trying were already taken. Uh And so I was like, well, I live, I live on a farm. And I really like food. So I tried foodie farm girl that was taken. So I'm like, well, I also really like flowers. There you go. So I type in flower patch farm girl, it was available. And that is the end of the story. So the the funny thing is, you know, this is now seven years later. I live in the city. Right. <laughs> I mean, I kill all of the flowers. I cannot <laughs> right. eat flowers alive. But my name is, you know, I've branded myself Flower Patch Farm Girl. It's kind of like a an interesting dynamic that I've created for myself. But there you have it. I love it. I love how yeah. people come a, around to their names of their – I started blogging um, probably when we were in – the adoption process for our, it's our first son that we adopted, but he's like our third young, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. The first time we adopted. Yeah. And it was mainly just to like keep people in the, uh, up to date on where we were. And it wasn't even, it was like a, a, like an adoption, something where you could have a page. I don't even remember right. what it was. And yeah. then I started blogging for real. And mine was called Dreaming Big Dreams. I remember that. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that long ago that I switched it. So, um, but yeah, and then just like two years ago or a year ago, I don't even know. I changed it to jamieivy.com, which is just easier. To well, find. okay. So shannonmartin.com is taken. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I've looked I, years ago, I looked. And so it's been taken all along. But was that hard for you? Do to, they like, do anything over at shannonmartin.com? No, it just says this site is under construction. It's been under construction for like six years. So I can't I tell you how to do it because someone did it for me. But mine was taken as well, jamieivy.com oh, forever. But it, there was nothing there, like you said. And right. so I emailed the guy that owned it a couple of years ago. And he said, no, you know, we want it. And then I, I waited. And then I emailed him again. And he actually was like, yeah, you know, I'm getting a divorce. It's my wife's or something like that. I don't no know. way. Yeah. So, did, so you, did you pay him for well, it? I, I think he just gave it to us. That's which is awesome. crazy. Because he could yeah. have, they can charge you a lot of money. Right. So That's I would I just say, find out. And I, again, have no idea how to do this. Find right. out who owns it. Yep. And then email them. Yes. I think that's kind of on my list. It's something that I should at least try. Yeah. Yeah. It's just someone told me that I should do that because it's just easier for people to find me, which I agree. Totally. Totally agree. And the problem that I'm having now is that I am, so I'm writing my first book right now. Yeah. Let's talk about that first because I just saw that somewhere about you. So tell us about it and then let's talk about why you need shannonmartin.com. Tell me about your book. Okay. So I am... It's, let me think. I've never, I don't know if I've ever like fully talked about this okay, out loud. Are you in, in the midst way. of writing? Have you turned in a manuscript? Where are you in the process? Okay, perfect. I am writing right now. Okay. Um, my manuscript is due the end of October. All right. So okay. I just signed the contract within the past month. So this is all really this is like, all new. it's all new. And so it's exciting. I have to keep reminding, like, it's totally exciting, but I have to actively remind myself like this is exciting this is fun you can this do is this a job <laughs> it's like self-talk all the time right. because all I'm thinking is I mean the first month or so was great but then my kids are all out of school that's now what I was gonna say yeah so when that's they a go whole back to thing school? they go back August 7th or something crazy like that they go back super early so we only get eight have... weeks you literally have, I mean, you can work during the summer I and mean, it just takes work figuring out, but you literally only right. have two months of them at school before this is due. Let's, let's reframe that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to find a different way to say that. Not you only, you want me to change that part? <laughs> you have like two whole months. <laughs> That's much better. Back to school. That's much better. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So it's... tell us, what is your book about? Okay. I, it's not titled it. I had a title, you know, this is how, I think this is how it works for a lot of people, but I had a title in my mind. I'm not even going to say it because it's already been like 
you know, like, yeah, we'll probably find a different title. So I guess that happens a lot. So I don't know the name of it yet, but it is a book about um, living a life of surrender Uh and just kind of the idea of, you know, in my mind, like the image that I kind of hold in my mind for my book is standing with your hands out. Mm -hmm. You know, God can put things into your life. He can take things out of your life. And that's the kind of the posture that my husband and I are learning slowly um, to live from, you know, to live from that position of, you know, all we have is God's and he can give and he can take. And we just need to be, you know, we need to be ready to live in obedience to that, whatever that might mean. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of the loose. And so I, in the book, I'm kind of talking about all the different areas of, you know, how do we, how do you live that way? with your family and with your finances and in your community and, you know, all those different kind of aspects of it. So it'll tell a lot about our story. Like that'll be a big part of it, but, um, it's not, it's not memoir. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. So it's nonfiction, but it'll, it'll have a lot of, of, you know, stories from our life kind of pulled in. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Yeah. So what would you say would be talking about your book and, and like surrendering and literally living our life with those open hands? What would you, I have two, uh, two questions for you. The first one is, what would you say that looks like for you right now? And my second question, which we can, you can answer either way you want to first. My second question is what is the biggest thing that you've had to like walk through with your hands open? Like maybe even like the biggest or the heart, like whatever stands out in your mind is like, Wow, I never thought that we'd make it through that. Um, okay. And yeah. what, is that, what does that look like right now for you? So those are my questions. Okay, if I forget. So, I'll come back. Some of your other ones I come back. You. You're, yeah. you're very good at this, just so you oh. know. Those are great questions. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, 
so okay give me the first question okay, let's, first, let's do this first what does that look like for you right now okay what are you standing here with yep. your arms open surrendering right now in your life okay so right now just like literally right now today mm-hmm. we're in a place where avery our foster daughter just went home mm-hmm. like we're kind of in one of those places of relative calm and i and i mean that just as of you know the past two days so right. but but we find that life doesn't stay in these places for very long and mm-hmm. so here's a little story to kind of illustrate that i back in october Corey and i went to like we drove up to michigan and stayed at like a really cute cabin and just for like two nights mm-hmm. to celebrate to sort of belatedly celebrate our anniversary and we had the best time ever it was just gorgeous like the leaves were turning it was perfect um but we had had a really hard last year uh-huh. like there was just a lot going on and so i the cabin had a hot tub and so we're sitting out in the hot tub you know looking up at the stars and it's just so quiet and so calm and we were having like these meaningful talks because we didn't have a million kids around right. us mm-hmm. and you know that's important to do that and it was so great but i remember saying like something to the effect of you know we survived the year like we got through it and you know we pulled together and you know we kind of feel like conflict now in our marriage tends to pull us together Mm -hmm. and it wasn't always that way but so we have become a really good team together okay and so we kind of you know we were just really reflecting Mm -hmm. and what mostly me like Corey was mostly listening per usual and i was like really really reflecting this with a lot like of Aaron words. And I's reflection time as well. Yes. I do a lot of talking and he does a lot of, uh-huh. uh-huh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's perfect. It totally works <laughs> right. for us. I am a verbal processor. So T- me too. Yeah. And so I was just, you know, just so relieved and like, we did it, we made it. And this was the very end, like the last week or two of October. So fast forward, we, you know, November comes and goes. And then December, we got a call from our oldest Robert, who was, he was living kind of in a place that's like jail, but not jail. It's called a work release center. And so you can go there and live and, um, but he could go to work every day. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so he called and, and he's very, very much a part of our life and lives right here in our town. And so we see him a lot, but he called and said, Hey mom, would you, would I be able to come home to finish the rest of my home detention? Mm-hmm. And this was very unexpected. He's, he had lived with us before, mm-hmm. but this was really unexpected. And so it was one of those like, oh, like we just survived last year right. <laughs> when you lived with us for uh-huh. six months. And, you know, and that wasn't the only thing, but, the, you know, there yeah, was a lot of things. Uh-huh. And so, you know, of course we were, I was super excited about it on the one hand, but it was just like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. So he moved in like the week after or a couple days after Christmas. And then two days after he moved in, very unexpectedly, we ended up with Avery, mm-hmm, the, the two year old. Yeah. Uh-huh. The two year old. So we, that's how our life tends to work. So, you know, late October, we're like, oh, we survived. Right. We made it. Uh-huh. We have arrived. And then within a, you know, four to six weeks later, our life is completely crazy again. Right. And so now we're going into winter, like we get brutal cold up here, brutal winters. We had, you know, a 20 year old with us, a two year old, all, I mean, it just, so that to me right now, I'm in that place again of like, okay, we did it. We got through that. And so right now I'm kind of just, you know, positioned as life is good, but I know, but I know that it will not stay this way long. And, but I don't know what that means. And so I have to be careful to not um, you know, spend my moments of rest looking over my shoulder. <laughs> right. You know, I'm like always wondering what's like, coming. Exactly. Yeah. Anytime things get too easy, I can be tempted to feel like we're missing something. Um, we're not hearing something that we need to be hearing from God. We're neglecting something. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't really believe that that's true. Right. And so that's something that I have to, you know, I think God in his grace gives us these moments of kind of quiet. Yeah. Um, but I, but I also believe I've learned, you know, from my own life experience that they don't, they don't stay with us for long. You know, I think God right. wants us, he, I think he really wants us, you know, really pulled to the edges of ourselves and, you know, living a story that's bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, when, when, when things start to really settle down, 
you know. Yeah. I just, I don't know that God wants us to be really settled down for very long because, and maybe that's just my story, Mm -hmm. but I know that, you know, the times when I'm really pushed to my limits, those are the times that I grow the most. Those Mm -hmm. are the times that I seek God the most. And all of those things can sound a little bit cliche, right? but they're just true. Yeah. They're they're cliches because they're true, you know? So do you feel closer to God in the crazy? And when I say the crazy, it just means like, excuse me, when I say crazy, I just mean like Robert coming back and all, and then right. you have a foster daughter and just everything was calm and then a storm. It doesn't have to be a bad storm, but do you feel right. closer to God in the crazy versus in the quiet? I think I do. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and, and that might not always be the case. You know, I would say just here lately and even a little bit there for a while, you know, a couple of months ago, things were so like, I, I felt like I didn't necessarily have enough time or enough quiet to really feel my life. Mm-hmm. If that, that might sound weird to no, say. No, that sounds completely, I understand that. I was feeling kind of numb mm-hmm. and I was feeling kind of um, a little bit distance from God. And I, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think sometimes we think that those times are bad and, you know, that it's something we're doing wrong. I don't even think that it's real. I don't think that I was experiencing distance from God. I think I was just feeling like I was Mm -hmm. because my life was just so, it was really crowded. Mm -hmm. And I just, the way that God has created me and the way that I work, I need a little bit of space to feel my life. Um, And so I, I wasn't having that. So I don't know. I mean, so that's a time where things were really intense and I did feel Mm -hmm. a little bit of distance, but I think overall, you know, I, when we, when I lived on the farm, those years of my mind were very, you know, I had young kids and, and life was not blissful or easy or any of that, but it was a peaceful life. Mm. And that's where God really, really showed me his love for me. Like those, we lived there for four years Mm -hmm. and that, that time in my mind was just a beautiful time. So um, can I can I interrupt you yeah, and ask you this? Real sure. Because I think someone might be listening and they have small kids. And you just said, "Life on the farm. It wasn't easy or blissful, but it was peaceful." Yeah. And so someone is listening and being like, "My life is so hard right now, and I feel no peace." How did you yeah. feel that peace in the midst of the hard of little kids and everything right. that comes along? I mean, parent. I tell my girlfriends that have little kids, I'm like, "This is hard. It is hard work, yeah. especially when you have so many so close, like you and it, I do, and yes. so many people do. Right. It is hard, and it is like a daily battle and sacrifice of yourself. So, how did you experience that peace in the midst of the crazy? And well, the hard? And I there's part of me that that when I say that, there's part of me that wonders, but did I feel peace mm-hmm. at the time, or is that just like a in hindsight? Right. I it see. feels peaceful. I think though that the time. Okay. So my husband and I, our dream was to always buy a farmhouse and live out in the country. So mm-hmm. when that, when that happened for us, that was just a huge exhale. Mm. Like this is what we've worked towards. This is what, this is what we've always wanted. Right. And we believed that we would live there forever. And so there was that element of like, okay, you know, this is it. We did our Calvin and Ruby are 17 months apart. So they are really close in age. And Ruby came home. Calvin came home at five months old. Mm -hmm. And then Ruby came home at birth. So, so I was experiencing, you know, when we moved to the farm, Ruby was just a year old. And so I was out of that really hard, like the infancy stage was hard for me Right. in part because I also had a 17 month old who is barely walking and, you know, all of those things. Uh So by the time we got to the farm, you know, Ruby was a year old, Calvin was, you know, two and a half or whatever. To me, that was a little bit of an easier phase. They were both sleeping, you know, all of those things were good. Um, It's, I think being a mom for me of young kids is... And I'm an introvert. And so I think that that has to come into play Yeah, because I just, I, I'm a verbal processor, but I'm also like, I require a lot of time inside my head mm-hmm. and you just don't necessarily get that when you have two toddlers um, that are just talking that. all the time. <laughs> right, right. I mean, Calvin talked like an adult when he <laughs> was barely two Yeah, and I didn't know what to do with that. I just remember thinking what, like, what am I supposed to do right. with, the, oh my with gosh. these babies? I look back, Shannon, on my time. My kid, my two are twenty-two months apart, and so I'm yeah. like you. I had a, a newborn and a twenty-two-month-old. Yeah, and I look back and I'm just like, those were some of the hardest days because I literally felt 
alone, but not alone. Never yes. alone, but yet right. so alone. Totally. <laughs> and my husband traveled all the time. And so I oh. would single parent every yeah. week, four days out of the week. Oh my you know? gosh. So no. Aaron would come home from a trip and I would just start talking nonstop. Right. And he would be like, uh, I need a, I need a few minutes. And I'm like, no, I need a lot of minutes, you know? Right. Um, so those days yes. are so hard. They really yeah. are. Yeah. Well, you just have, I remember feeling like, okay, like every morning, it's kind of like Groundhog Day. Right. And <laughs> it's every, exactly like Groundhog Day. <laughs> but every morning I would wake up, I would tell Corey, like, you know, whine to him at night, like, okay, tomorrow, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do exactly <laughs> what I, I just today. did. Yes. Exactly. And, and so you feel like you have this long stretch of day to fill. You uh -huh. don't know for sure how you're going to do it. But so back to the peace part, because yes. I feel like I'm yeah. not really <laughs> touching on that much. I, I really can, and this is gonna make me sound like a total hippie and that's, I am okay with that. But I really started to really connect with nature okay. when we lived on that farm. Uh -huh. So we lived on six acres and that was kind of my respite. Like my whole goal in life was to get Calvin and Ruby to take a nap at the same time. Oh, yes. My whole, like my whole well-being yes. hinged on that. Yes. And Calvin was not a great napper. Like he kind of phased out of napping early, but I tried. And I was like, every day you're taking a quiet yes, time. You will you know? sit in your bed. Yeah. Yes. But that was a struggle. And I probably made it a bigger struggle than it needed to be. But every once in a while it would work. And so on those days, I would go outside with my little point and shoot camera and you know, I was like exploring this new piece of land that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so God kind of used that to wake me up to, you know, his presence is all around us. His love for us is all around us. And I started to really feel like, you know, these flowers that were popping up in the spring, I didn't know where anything was planted that first spring. Mm -hmm. And so everything that popped up, I was like, this is a gift for me. Like, this is just totally for me. This is mine. Yeah. And God created it. And so that it, and from there, that's when I started blogging more, mm -hmm. and then I started writing more. And so, I think kind of my writing was the thing that kept me tethered to a world outside of raising these little babies, yeah. And that was really meaningful for me. I was also working part time from home during that time, and so I did have you know some elements of you know keeping my head in, in other games, right? Um, but it was just a quiet life. It was a simple life. You know, we lived back mm -hmm. a long lane. And so it was physically peaceful mm -hmm. because it was beautiful yeah. and yeah. it was quiet and, you know, all of those things. So that, that to me was kind of where that peaceful element mm -hmm. came from. And I just, you know, during those years, I found my footing as a mom and I started to kind of, um, I think we're doing this all the time, but, but I started to really understand myself mm -hmm. more and who I am you know, in Christ more. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, I'm one of those, like, you know, I was practically born in a church pew. And right. so a lot of this was more um, head knowledge and more theoretical. You hear things so much that they lose their impact. Mm -hmm. But so I was starting to kind of experience some of the things that I'd always heard, but they were becoming real to me. Like finding and, your faith. I mean, happened. although you've had faith, it's like finding your faith, you totally. know? Yeah. I, I feel like that sometimes as well. Yeah. 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 And I think, too, when you talk about the peace, I mean, I just think back and I'm like, God's word is so clear that that he is peace within the midst of chaos, you know? Right. Yep. And so I have to remind myself of that all the time is that I can have peace when life seems crazy because, yes. it's, because it's what he is, you know? Yeah. He is that peace that doesn't make sense. You know, uh, I heard something really cool that I, these, this is not my words or my ideas, but I think about this all the time. But I heard a girl say, and I, I just carry this with me all the time, and what you just said reminded me of it, but she said, you know, we always pray, we always ask God for peace, or, you know, we ask him for patience or mm -hmm. whatever these things are. But she said, you know, Christ lives within us, mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit is in us, and so we already, like, instead of asking God for peace, we can just thank God mm -hmm. that he is our peace. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I thought that was such an interesting shift, like, yeah, all the things that we need He's already given them to us. Yeah, he's given them to us. Yeah. Yeah. Like we already have them. Like mm -hmm. that's a really cool, it's hard. It's not always easy to necessarily walk in that. Right. But, but I think that's really cool. And I think really for cool. me too, like I think about like all the fruits of the spirit that, that have been given to me, um, but which ones am I not like exhibit, which ones am I not right. choosing to believe and choosing, like I think about, you know, am I choosing to act this way towards my children or am I choosing to act in the flesh, you know? Yep. 
and yeah. I choose the flesh way, way right. too many times, you know? Right. And, then, know, and then it's a constant cycle of forgiveness and grace and yeah. choosing to walk in the spirit or choosing to walk in the flesh. And yeah. yeah. Oh, um, okay. So what would you, can you, well, let's skip what I asked you earlier. I want to okay. hear about Robert and how Robert came into your life. Okay. So give us a little bit, um, <clears throat> give us a little background there with what that looks like. Sure. So when we, okay, we, after we had been at the farm for about three years. Which, wait, wait, stop real quick. Did y'all work this farm? Like, did you grow anything? No. Okay, it was just like a no. place that you It lived. was just like a pretty place to live. We had, um, it was kind of cool because one of the farmers that lived down the road kept uh -huh. his horses and ponies in our pastures. We had pastures. We had an orchard. Like, we had all these things, but we are not farmers. Okay, okay. So we got to live kind of the quasi life without any of the work. It That's was what wonderful. I want to do. I want right. to do that too. Yes. Right. We had to mow a lot of grass or corn. I can do that. that was, I'm okay yeah, with that. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, back to Robert. So like three years after we, this, it's, it's really hard for me. Like all, you know how life is like every story is webbed with other stories. Sure. So I'm trying to figure out the best place. My husband, when we lived on the farm, worked for a United States congressman and I, we had lived in Washington, D.C. for a while, both had careers in politics. So I was working from home, but for the Department of Health and Human Services in D.C. Okay. So we both had these political jobs. Um, we brought Silas home, our youngest from South Korea, right around the time that we were feeling God stir in our hearts that um, we would probably be selling our farm. And that was a huge, like, we could do like 12 podcasts about that time <laughs> in my life. Okay. But just know that that was like a, like the head scratcher of the ages. Okay. I mean, it was so beyond anything we thought was ever going to be asked of us. Because but, this was your dream. I mean, this is what dream. you had worked for. This was our dream. And, and we came to it in a really um, haphazard, like, you know, it's a, this was a God thing. You know how mm -hmm. people say that, but it was, it was yeah. very much orchestrated by God. And it was the desire of our hearts. And so it was hard to understand why God would ever ask us to lay that down. Because right. we we believed at that time that our job was to be good Christian people who kept our family safe, who was, you know, we were good with our finances. We had good jobs. Like we had a very skewed perspective of what was asked of us as Christ followers. Mm -hmm. And we really thought that we were doing all of the things right. Like, mm -hmm you know, yeah. we're, we're living out in the country. Like, doesn't God want all of his people to live out in the country? Well, I want to live in the country. I want to live on a farm. That's for sure. Well, and I'm but kind of, I'm, this, I'm exaggerating a little, but, but you know, I know what I mean? You've like you had this like safe world. Yes. You're raising your kids, right? You're teaching them about yes. Jesus and everything is good and comfy we're, and peachy. Right. Yes, yeah. We're saving our money. Uh -huh. Like we're, you know, all yep. the, like we're Dave Ramsey people. For I mean, sure. all of those things you have, you are, you're set for retirement. Everything is just good. Right. Okay. Everything's, everything's swimming along. Like we're kind of living the Christian American dream. And we believed that that was exactly what was required and mm -hmm. asked of us. Yeah. And then, so, dun, and dun, then, dun. And then we flew to Korea. So in the midst of this tension of like, like I remember saying all the time, like we're, God wants us to sell our house. And Corey would be like, no, no, no. And like, because he knew that I wanted him to say, no, he doesn't. And so, you know, we didn't know what was going on. We flew to Korea, brought Silas home. He was 18 months old and he was a heartbroken, devastated baby. Mm. I mean, he was just leveled. Like he was it was so, it was the most <laughs> painful thing any of us have gone through was the day that we kind of brought him into our family, you know, beautiful. And we would never um, do that differently. We would never take it back. But it was, it was much more painful than anything we could have expected. Yeah. And so we came home with this heartbroken baby in the midst of this, uh, you know, we were already in a place of kind of turmoil about, you know, where our future was headed. Mm -hmm. Within a month of bringing Silas home, my I worked under a government contract, and the administrations had recently changed. And so this was not super unexpected, but the contract I worked under was, like, cut. And so mm -hmm. I was basically, my job was over, but it was part-time, and we realized pretty quickly, I am not going to be able to work at all. Even though it's from home and part-time, like, Silas is because going to require. Because of your kids, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is a different game, and so mm -hmm. that's a good thing, and that's fine. But so my job was half of our income. So gotcha. half of our income is gone yeah. right when we bring baby number three home. Mm -hmm. So less than a month after that, 
Corey called me from work one day and like the total TV cliche, are you sitting down right now? Okay. That's always good. Mm -hmm. That I, I've never gotten that call. Like I've never had anybody actually right. say that to me right. before, but you know that it's bad. Uh -huh. So he had gone into his office that morning and turned on the TV and saw his his boss, the congressman, was resigning from office. <gasps> this really happens. It really happens. <laughs> I'm like, this is how it shows on the TV show. People find out. It really happened. Can you and, say who it was or no? Uh, I probably just don't need to. Okay, there we go. We don't need to. Like, that sounds good. Look at me being nosy. Okay, go ahead. No, uh, if it was, I, it's nope, totally nope. fine. You can find it. He, but I will say, like, it was like a scandal. Okay. Oh, so a no. congressman from Indiana is involved in a scandal. And my husband worked oh, at a know, pretty. Oh, everyone's going to Google this. Like, I'm right, going to as well. Okay. It, totally. What so, year was this? Sorry. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't I'm remember. so nosy. Okay, keep going. Keep going. So, I, I mean, it was like I started bawling. Uh, and I'm not a super, super emotional, like, worrier. But I started bawling, and we didn't know for sure what was going to happen. Um, but what happened well, basically was you you understand now that, you know, you see stuff happen like this on the news. Right. And people mess up. I mean, this this man is a good, good man. Mm -hmm. His wife is a wonderful woman. I mean, they were going through hell and he made a big mistake and he was paying for it right. publicly, but there was a whole cast of other people that were having their world rocked because they were all without jobs now. Uh -huh. Like I had never thought through that before Yeah, I until mean, it's happening. Even, yeah. So it, you know, and so it worked out okay. Out, literally that yeah. day he sees us on TV and he knows I yes. do not have a job. Well, we didn't know for sure. We kind of knew he didn't have a job, but we didn't know the timeline. Um, it was great. Corey worked in a pretty high level position. So it was just kind of, it's not like he was like the aide to the aide to the aide that saw it on TV. Like you're like, this right. maybe should have happened in a different way. Right. Um, and, and by so, the way, I've already Googled it and I know who it was. Okay. There you go. <laughs> just to get that out there. I, yes. And, and I would do the same thing. Just, I have to always say like, we, there's no ill will between us and, and this person, right. you know, mm -hmm. totally not. Yeah. Um, we wish them the best. And I think things are going much better for them Good, now. I'm glad. Um, I actually worked in radio when this happened. Okay. And if I'm right about who it is, the radio was brutal. Oh, I'm sure. It's to this happened. person. It has happened again and again. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of that same old story. And mm -hmm. it's, but it is. I mean, it's just, it gets so ugly. But I and also it gets, know that media, oh, I can't, they just, they portray people however they want to. Oh, yeah. And they will ruin you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Carry on. He got he so, saw it on the TV. He's don't know if he's out of job. So what happened was we knew, we soon found out that he had like, I forget what it ended up being, but he had time to, you know, close up the office. He worked by, he worked in the congressional office. So he worked here in an office in Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, and he was the only person that really ran that office. So we had like a couple of months to find a new job like he they all stayed on payroll for a gotcha. I forget how long it was but that was great so it wasn't like as of today right. you are you have zero income exactly thanks for thanks for working for us right but so my husband ended up going transitioning into and this was a big shift for us because he had worked in politics for like 10 years mm -hmm. um he ended up working in community development and fundraising for a nonprofit alternative high school okay so huge shift. So uh -huh. now we've gone from like federal politics to a local nonprofit. Okay. <laughs> and he's not a teacher. He didn't, he wasn't in a teaching role with the students, but the day before his official start day, he went and did a work day. Uh -huh. So the kids at this school are kids who, for whatever reason, cannot thrive or function in a public school. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So these are like basically like the wild kids, yeah. like troublemakers, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so he came home from this work day and said, I just, I, I connected with this one kid. I don't know why, like, I'm not sure what it was about him, but you know how that goes. Right. And so that kid was Robert. Okay. He was a student at the crossing mm -hmm. where Corey worked. And so over the next couple of years, you know, long story short, we did, we did end up putting our house on the market. It took like forever to sell. So while we were still there, Robert would come over for dinner a lot. At one point, we asked him if he wanted to move in with us, mm -hmm. and he we 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 were so like we're going to ask him to live with us. We have six bedrooms right. in this farmhouse. Okay, well, stop just for a second. Yeah, just asking a random kid to live with you. Did he have 
who was he living with? Did he have parents? Hey, that's a great question. He was he was essentially home living homeless. So okay. he was staying with people, but okay. he had no no family, no strong. I family mean, no family. Obviously, yeah. everybody has family somewhere, sure. but he had no family ties right. and no stable mm-hmm. family ties at all. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we talked to different people and said, you know, we feel like we're going to ask Robert to live with us. And Jamie, ev- almost every person we talked they to said, said no. why would you ever right. do that? Mm-hmm. That is a terrible idea. You have young kids. You are putting your kids right. at mm-hmm. risk. Mm-hmm. This, you know, and Robert is, uh, he's like six foot four. Mm-hmm. He's black. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't think that it was always like, he's black. I don't, I'm not saying that at all, but I think it was a combination of a lot of things that, that people did not know him, Mm -hmm. but were automatically worried Mm -hmm. about him. Mm -hmm. Looking back, do you see that maybe, I mean, obviously if these are your friends, it's out of love, but looking back, do you think, you know, you're now a few years into this looking back, do you think, okay, I can see how they might've been a little worried. Or do you look well, back and be like, they didn't even give it a chance. Right. In my most gracious moments, which don't come often enough, mm-hmm. but I can I can recognize that there was a time that I probably would have said and thought the same things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're giving them grace and showing God has changed me in a lot of ways, but I could have been, said that same thing. On my very best days, I'm giving grace right. to that. Right. Right. But on the other days, it just frustrates me. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like as Christian people, we just have to do better. We have to get on board. We have to, you know, live the call of the scripture, Mm -hmm. which says you give people a home. And and I know that there are some people, I mean, we are not obviously completely reckless people. We were not pulling people in off the street and offering them to live with us. You know what I mean? Like, but we, we felt like God was telling us to do this. Mm -hmm. And so we were acting in obedience to that. But Christians around us were basically saying that we were wrong. Right. And so God used that time to kind of, you know, pull. That's when Corey and I started to really pull together because we, mm-hmm. we had this kind of these common missions. And we knew, you know, that was kind of a, a big moment for us to realize we hear from God. Yeah. And we hear from God alone. Mm-hmm. And, and we hear from God together. And it doesn't matter if, if nobody else right. thinks we're right. How old was Robert? He was 16 at the time. Okay. So we came to him and asked him to move in. Like it was our big moment. And Uh he looked at us and was like, no, why would I want to do that? Like he was immediately like, I mean, he loved living on his own and answering to no one. And we didn't didn't really know that. Like we didn't, that was so foreign to, Uh I mean, we were just like, oh, he needs a family. He needs a home. He needs love. Yeah. So he turned us down cold. Yeah. And so we moved to the city around the time that we moved, he got arrested. And it was one of those things that we, we kind of always thought might happen. Mm -hmm. It was kind of just a ticking time bomb. Um, And he had disappeared for a while. He had, he was always like dropping out of the crossing, then coming back, then getting kicked out, then coming back. And so he had completely disappeared for like seven months. And it was was terrible. He was a 16 year old living on his own with no family ties. Yeah. 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 At this point, he may have been 17. I don't know. But so he got, he went to jail and then, and so we got connected back with him then. And at the point that he went to jail, I was like, well, this is wonderful because I know where to find him. Yeah. And I can go there. I had never been in a jail. Corey had never been in a jail. But so we started visiting him. We went to all of his court hearings. We were always the only people there uh, at any of them. We were his only visitors mm-hmm. in jail. Um, and so, and he started writing us letters and we put money on his books so he could call us. And so over the six months that he was in jail, God just made him a part of our family. And at one point he said to me, would it be okay if I called you mom and dad? Uh, and, and I was like, yes, like uh-huh. I had thought of him as my son for a while yeah. already, uh-huh. but I, I probably wouldn't have pushed it. And so then he was sent to prison and he went to prison for maybe six or eight months, I don't remember. And so, you know, while he's in prison, we visited him every two weeks. He's got twin boys, so we would take his babies Mm -hmm. to the prison. And when he got out of prison, he was released on home detention, so with an ankle bracelet. But he had nowhere. So, you know, it's home detention because you go to your home, but he didn't have a home. Right. And so Corey and I had the discussion of like, well, you know, this is where things get real, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. He's our son, and if he's our son. And there was no question in our minds but it was just one of those, you have to put it on the record. You have to have that talk. And so he moved in with us. He came home and 
we made him a room in our basement. And so he moved in with like his cigarette behind his ear and his ankle bracelet on his ankle. And it was a hard, I don't, I, I think he was here for about six months or I don't know, 10 months. It was less than a year. It was a really hard time. It was really fun, wonderful, beautiful time. But I mean, it was mostly like underneath all the fun stuff was just like, this is hard. Yeah. Like none of us know how to do this. He didn't know how to have parents. Mm-hmm. At this point, he was, you know, 20. Yeah. And so this kid that's raised himself suddenly at the age of 20 has parents with right. like rules and expectations. And we were always just trying to figure stuff out. We were all, Corey and I were just screwing stuff up all the time. Going to him and apologizing yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, God just used that to yeah. show us our own, our own mistakes yeah. more than anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and when you're talking about earlier, when you're talking about how crazy this seemed and everything, it, hearing your story about how you had dreamed this life on a farm and you had this farmhouse and, and God really used that place to, to show you him and bring you peace. And then he asked you to let it go. Like, right. and then he asked you to bring in a 16 year old boy with no family I just feel like that has to be God because you're you're listening to him all along, kind yeah. of surrendering, like you talked about with your hands open. Okay, here's our firm house. Right. Okay, here's our safe family. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's like I have a, I have a 19 year old now. You know all right. of these things, and you know I think that people are listening are going to be like, oh my gosh, you know that sounds awesome. She's amazing. She's great and everything, but it's probably been really hard as well. It's been hard. It's been totally hard. But I, I always, I'm so, um, I want to be quick to, to assure people we have done it. We've done a lot of this really poorly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, this has been, I think, I think we in part knew that these things were God speaking to us because we would have never known to chose to choose them for ourselves. Right. You know, this isn't, none of this would have been our idea. And I, you know, I, I just, I'm always thankful that God kind of rescued us from this life we thought we wanted because we thought we had everything we wanted and we were wrong in almost Mm -hmm. every case. Mm. I mean, I would have, it started with adoption. You know, I would have thought that I would have preferred to give birth to kids, you know, the Mm -hmm. quote normal way. Mm -hmm. I was never able to get pregnant. I mean, that was just an unexpected. And so now I'm, you know, that was the first real big time where God was showing me like, you think you want these things, but trust me. I have something better. Trust me that I know you. Mm -hmm. I know you so much better than you know yourself. And I know what you really want. And you just need to give me time to show you that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, we, you know, so the other part of the, of the interesting story is that you know, through Robert and through him being at jail and all of those things, Corey is now the chaplain of the jail. So he's, that's his job now. He's the full time, like that's his work. He goes to that jail every day and neither one of us had ever set foot in any jail ever. Mm. And so that's kind of cool. You know, we tease Robert that he's kind of the reason, but it's totally true. Right. And that is just, again, like to go from, you know, the, the job that Corey used to have and he's like, so like rolls out of here every day in his jeans and his polo and right. his he had a big crazy ridiculous beard for a while because he could you uh-huh, know like right and he just loves these men you know th- these men uh. in the jail have become his friends and that it's like this is what he was made to do this was it so it's pretty cool and and that's where those are things that are you know they, they sound good and they sound exciting maybe and fun and they are but what has come with a lot of that is like you know our income. Let's mm-hmm. not even go right. there. <laughs> right. Like things have changed so much for us now. Like yeah. we live in, in a small house, you know, in a neighborhood that many people would consider kind of on the wrong side of the tracks. Uh-huh. And, you know, yeah. our kids go to a, to a, the public school at the end of our street. That's yeah. a title one. Uh-huh. You know, it was, a, it was when we got here, it was labeled like a failing school. Like, right. so you, you give and you take and, mm-hmm. you know, everything feels kind of upside down. Yeah. I never knew. I never knew that this would be the life that God wanted for me, but I'm grateful every day, you know. I love 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 stories where people say what you just said. Like I never knew that this is what it would look like, but I love it, you know, and I'm grateful totally. for it. And yeah. it's fun to look back, I'm sure, on your life, the same I do with mine and people who are listening probably think the same thing. It's fun to look back and see um the trajectory of your life move in ways you never thought it would. 
Yeah. You and know. the way that it all kind of fits together. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's hard for me to figure out like, what is the starting point? And that can even be tricky for me when I'm writing. Yeah. Because it's so hard to separate, you know, these different elements. Mm-hmm. To, in my mind, they're all like a big, like a really pretty knot. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, all like, connected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's a beautiful knot, but it's mm-hmm. still like, it's hard to pull it up to separate things out. Right. So one story always intertwines with the other stories. Right. Love that. I love it so much. Okay, Shannon, um, I always ask, and I don't remember if I told you this or not, so hopefully I'm not pulling you off off the cuff here. Okay. I always ask my guests two things at the very end. Number one is what they're reading, and number two is what are three things that you're in love with right now? Did I tell you about those at all? No. Oh, man, fail on my part. No, that's okay. Okay, what are you reading? That should be easier. Oh, my word. I I mean – so many books. I read a lot of books at the same time. You're one of those. Okay. I didn't used to be. I used to, like, even as recently as two years ago, my friend Emily Freeman reads a lot of books at a time. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, that is so weird. How do you do that? How do you not get confused? And now I am the worst. I don't know how it happens. You, you read lots of books. I read lots of books. And I and I think it's because I used to not read a lot of nonfiction. Uh-huh. And now I read mostly nonfiction. And so I think, like, I don't know that I could read multiple novels at the same time. That would be hard because all of the stories and yeah. characters. Yeah. So, I, but I usually have some fiction somewhere in the mix. But then I have, okay, so. So what are you reading? Right now I am reading, let me think about this. I, I was just telling my friend last night. I'm cycling, like I tend to start a bunch of books at the same time and then I finish a bunch of them at the same time. So Uh I just finished um, Scary Close, Donald Miller's book. I have not read it. I have it. I haven't read it. It was good. I like, it was different than his other books, but I liked it. Okay. Okay. Totally. Like, have you ever heard of Tattoos on the Heart? No. Jamie. Okay. It's my favorite book in the entire world. Really? Absolutely. When someone says that, I immediately have to go get it. I do not ever reread books. I don't like to watch movies over. I don't like to read books over. But I have read that book multiple times. But here's my disclaimer. Tattoos on the heart or of the heart? Tattoos on the heart. It's by Gregory Boyle. Okay. It has a lot of bad words in it. And so I have to just, I don't know. Is it okay that I just said that? I, I think I cussed on last week's episode, on an okay. episode recently. So, yes, you're, you're fine. Which is real read, people here. I mean, you know, we just, we, we, I read books with bad words and we watch shows with bad words and we spend a lot of time with people who say a lot yeah. of bad words. And mm-hmm. so that's just the world that I, I have, live in. I've been, t- I've been known to say a bad word once or twice. Okay. So just know that I just, I never want to like, you know, some I know people don't I like it. that and yeah. I respect that. So, yeah. but it is. And so the interesting thing about Tattoos on the Heart though is it is, um, it's like a faith book. Mm. But so it's, it's not written by, is it written by a Christian? It's written by, he's a Jesuit priest who works with the gangs in East or like some part of LA. Okay. The Homeboy Industries. I don't know if you've ever heard. It's, it is amazing. Okay. I'm going to get it. So that's my favorite book ever. So I just read a book that was similar to that called Wanted about a um, jail chaplain. Okay. And so it's, it, I loved it. It was awesome. It also had a lot of bad words because uh-huh. when you spend time with people in jail, I don't Got know, it. like yep. that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Um, I just finished a book called Never Say No, a parenting book. Oh, okay. It's by the parents of the guys in Switchfoot. Oh, okay. John, uh, Mark Foreman? and Jan Foreman. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Loved it. And okay. I think Corey's going to read that now. Um, I just read, I just finished a novel called The Vacationers and it was just a random, like a friend of mine had time left at the library and yeah. so she passed it along to me, but it was a good read, a good summer read. Um, I need to find, I think I'm going to start, so we're going on our first family vacation ever uh-huh. this Friday. Yeah. So I'm really like stressed out about what books because I don't read on a device, like I read actual books still. Me too. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm going to read all the light we cannot see. Everybody keeps saying that. I see it as I well. And I haven't it. read it. Yeah. But it's big. I'm like, that's kind of a big, heavy book to trek to Florida. Yeah. But I think I'm going to take that. Um, oh, Gift from the Sea. I'm reading that right now. And Mara Lindbergh. Okay. It's a really small book. It's really beautiful, though. I'm really enjoying that. That's so, yeah. Okay. Those are, are just a few. A I love that. <laughs> I have not read any of those. And so yeah. I will add them all to my list. Okay. That's so good. Um, speaking of Emily Freeman, she's coming on my show in a couple. She is. Yeah. And I, I've never met her. She's so fun. She's awesome. one of my favorite people. That's great. I've never met her. I've listened to her podcast. Um, 
she's been on a show that I listened to once. So okay, yeah. she's got a great laugh too. Hope try to make her laugh. Okay, I will try. <laughs> that will be my goal on the show to make her laugh. Um, okay, and do, can you think off the top of your head three things you're loving right now? Like three things you text your girlfriend and say you have to see this, do this, watch this, listen to okay. this, buy this, whatever. So I we just finished a Netflix show called The Red Road. Okay, I haven't even heard about this. Oh my word. I and and again we have kind of maybe some liberal uh-huh. media leanings, but it's it's really pretty it's kind of um suspenseful. Like it's right. not dark like some stuff that we watch can be kind of dark. It's mm-hmm. not dark and like I don't know, it's suspenseful is okay. the best way to put it. The Red Road. It's okay. so good. It's only six episodes long. I think I loved it a little bit more than Corey did, but we both loved it. And I keep telling people, like, you have to watch The Red Road. It was so compelling and so good. It makes me think of Red Rum from um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Isn't that what they said when they did their finger like that? Yep. Ooh, yep. I can get freaked out just thinking about it. Okay. It, like, this show has parts where I would be like, like, where you're yelling at the TV, run, <laughs> okay. turn around. Okay, yes. But it's mostly, I mean, it's a very well-written, well-acted, you know, it's, it takes place near an Indian reservation. It's just really different and interesting and really, really good. Okay. Um, and what else am I loving? Oh, my loving? word. I am loving. I just caught you so <laughs> off guard. I'm so sorry I didn't send you that. I don't even send out questions to my guests if people are wondering. A lot of people do podcasts. They send the guests all the questions they're going to ask. I don't know do at all. I like being surprised. I love, I always love chips and salsa. That's yeah. Thing okay. In the world, so that's always at the top of my list. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. Okay. That's good. I, you caught me off guard. Yeah. Oh, this. here's one. Okay. Here's one. A friend of mine sent me this. It's by, I think it's by like L'Oreal. I'm not a big makeup person, but okay. she sent me the coolest thing. It's like a, you know, those like little mascaras that you brush on your eyebrows. Oh, yes. Which is weird, but I have very, like I, my eyebrows are like really almost invisible. And so she sent me this and like, try this. And it's, it like makes them thicker. Oh. It's so weird. Do you Eyebrow have like. thickener. It's not like, it's just kind of like a gel, but it looks totally normal. When you're brushing it on, you're like, oh, this looks like I'm painting gold paint on my eyebrows. I don't know. That's the totally weirdest thing I could have ever said. But it is kind of revolutionary. I really do like it. Okay, I love that. I um, just started eyebrow therapy. What? Not therapy. That's a stupid Oh, I was like, what? That's that's not it. Eyebrow rehab. There's this, one of my girlfriends has been going to this new lady. I have to get my eyebrows waxed. I have my entire life because I'll have a unibrow. So you have like thick brows. Not necessarily. Well, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I just got a lot. I'm just a lot of hair. Well, you've got dark hair, Yeah, dark hair, whatever. So she started going to this new lady who's like helping her eyebrows get how they're supposed to be, whatever that might be. So I was okay. like, okay, well, I'm going to go. And it's a little bit more expensive than my normal lady, but she's having me like grow out my eyebrows a little bit more in the middle, Oh, which is kind of hard for me because I just want to get in there and pluck it all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When which, it's growing in, it's hard. So yes. she's like your eyebrow coach. Yeah. So that's, she's like coaching me. She's like, you need to let, it needs to go in further. Your eyebrows need to be longer. That's amazing. So she's helping me and it's hard because I just want to go pluck them all, but I don't yeah. touch well, them. Well, don't. No, I know. No. So I'm going once a month, and she is telling me that in a while they're going to look better. That's awesome. Oh, here's something. I don't even know why I'm concerned about my eyebrows, but whatever. Well, we all kind of are at some level. Yeah. I love the band. I'm loving, 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 obsessed with the band right now, Trampled by Turtles. Trampled by Turtles? Trampled by Turtles. Is this a real band? That sounds like a really weird name. Do you like, I mean, it's kind of like folk rock. Maybe I mean like Mumford and Sons or Avett Brothers, like okay, music I like, like that. People. Uh-huh. Like they play, they play fiddle super fast. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it's it is the coolest. Like look them up on YouTube or whatever. I like will. watch some of their. We Corey and I went and saw them live a month or so ago, and it was just the best. Con- I it was the best concert I've ever been to ever. Okay, that says so a good. lot. 
That's so awesome. good. I went to Garth Brooks recently and said that was the best concert I've ever been to. Well, yeah, I've never. My, Corey has seen him a few times and said he's like he's an amazing in a league performer. of his own. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, like such a showman. Yeah, and so showman. it's way different. Like this is a much smaller. For sure. You know, they play yeah. small venues, but uh -huh. they are so good. I mean, I just I that's one of the things I keep telling everybody. You got to listen to okay, them. I'm going to look them so, up and I'm going to tell my husband because he's the music person. Yeah, let me know what you think. Yeah, I am not a music person, but. Anyhow, okay, though you did so well coming up with three things on the fly. Well, thank you. Thank that's you. That's the only question I send guests, and I forgot to send it to you. Oh, that's okay. That's you, okay. You, you, you don't even need my questions. So <laughs> I got so this. good. Uh, okay, and I think that we're both going to be at a loom together this fall. Yeah, I can't wait. I know. I'm excited. I've never been yes. to a loom. I haven't either. Okay, there you go. It's yeah, a party. So let's grab lunch or something while we're there. For sure, it'll be so fun to like meet live and in person. Totally. Yeah. Shan, thanks so much for coming on the happy hour. Hey, thanks for having me. It was fun. We'll have to do this again in a couple months because we've got more to talk we about. We have a lot more to talk about. So that sounds great. It's so fun. Thank you so much for being on here. You were amazing. So much fun. Love All right. Thanks, yes. girl. Okay. Have a good day. All right, guys. There it was. Episode number 45 with Shannon Martin. She was such a joy to have on, and I really could have talked to her for like another hour or two. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you wanted any kind of links or anything that we chatted about, check out my website, jamieivy.com, and I make show notes for every show. So you can just go over there, search by her name, search by any guest that you've listened to, and there will be all the links that we chatted about. Uh, once again, I want to say thanks to Fund the Nations for sponsoring this uh, episode. And if you would like to sponsor an episode, send me an email, and I'd love to chat with you about it. Also, I want to say thanks to you guys for sending in some questions. I told you I was going to get to answering them, and I am. I'm going to answer some of them with some of my upcoming guests, some of them through a blog post, and some just here on the podcast. So I'll let you know when that happens. Jenny, thanks for leaving a comment. She told me that she's been listening to my show during like her mommy time while she walks for an hour on the beach. And can I just tell you that I would love to walk for an hour on the beach. So you go, girl. I love that so much. Guys, thanks for listening. I hope you have a fabulous week. Summer's going amazing here. I'm swimming at the pool with my kids all the time. And yes, I'm actually playing with them. Someone asked me that because from the conversation with Melanie Dale, she talked about how she plays with her kids first and then she reads. And I decided I was going to do that. And I took my kids to the pool this week and I played and played with my kids. And my oldest son, who's 11, he was like, Mom, that was so fun. Can you play with us more in the water? And again, I was like super excited that he loved it. And I felt a little bit guilty because obviously I don't play with him enough. So anyhow, I'm enjoying summer, loving the pool, loving my kids. I hope you're having a great summer as well. And guys, I'll see you back next week. I have amazing guests coming up. Winter Pitts, Jesse Connolly, Susie Davis, Jillian Lauren's going to be here eventually. Um, Emily Freeman, some great stuff happening. So look forward to it. Guys, have a great day and thanks for listening.